2: Hello, this is the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Today we will hear a classic message from our archives that we believe will be a blessing to you and give you principles to live big in Christ. Let's join Bishop Greer for this classic teaching as we continue our previous broadcast.
1: She anointed them with the fragrant oil. This was the the fragrance that her customers remembered her by. Perhaps it was a perfume that was quite familiar yeah. to many of the men sitting around that table <laughs> and religious leaders in their room. Yeah. And I'm not being mean. I've I, I read, and, and, and these guys did some things. And probably as she's releasing her hair, crying on the feet, kissing them. Don't, the Bible doesn't say this, but, but I'm pretty sure there were some women in there rolling their eyes. And Simon noted every detail. Now, when the Pharisee Simon, who had invited him, saw this, he starts speaking under his breath. He spoke to himself. Instead of rejoicing at the woman's repentance, he can only think about her mistakes. <laughs> See, you may have you may have known what someone has done, but that's not the same as knowing their story. And you might know some facts about someone, but you don't know their story. You know, I I can judge the deed, but I can't judge you. Because some people do some crazy stuff. I don't know why they do it. And I say, what you did was wrong, but I can never say you ain't worth nothing. I can't ever say you don't have no value and you're irredeemable. That's judging. That's evil. We can call deeds wrong, but we can never call people invaluable, insignificant, unimportant, and and write them off. Because folks will turn around and surprise you. Because God will take the worst and the least and bring them right up to the front and make them the best in our leaders. Well, he spoke to himself saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would know who in what manner a woman this is who's touching him. He was saying if if Jesus was really a man of God, he would turn around and rebuke this foul woman for touching his righteous feet. Then it goes on and says, for she is a sinner. But here's the fact. Everyone in the room... (laughs) Except Jesus was a sinner. The problem was only the prostitute realized it. Let me tell you, the hardest people you're ever going to reach is good people. It's not the prostitute. It's the folks that think they've lived morally good lives. Those are the folks that it's tough to break through. And Jesus answered, he read this guy's mail, demonstrating he was at least a prophet. You said, if he was a prophet, he said, listen, I'm going to show you prophet here. <laughs> and he said to Simon, he said, uh, Simon, I, I have something to say to you. He, but I, I know, I know Jesus, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but I know he just, Every, the, the room, man, you could cut the atmosphere with a knife, man. It's, it's a little tense. This woman's on his feet. And everyone's ah, you know, what's going on? And, and, and why is he allowing this? And people are getting upset and mad. I just think he let it sit there for a moment. And people are watching the cry. And, and he's just watching everybody in the room. And then he breaks that awkward silence. He says, Simon, let's talk. What I want you to see here, because people do some bad things. We read narratives like this and we, we forget that God cared for the Pharisee as much as he cared for the prostitute. And what some people do, they go to extremes and they start being uber critical church people. And criticize church people. And then they criticize the church people for being so critical of the folks that don't go to church. But by doing so, they're they're basically being hypocritical because they're doing the same thing of the people they judge it. My Bible tells me God is not willing that any should perish. The bad and the better. Who wants to receive the award for being the best person ever to go to hell? God's not willing that any should perish, but that all the Pharisees, the prostitutes, should come to repentance. God loves the church kids as much as the street kids, the housewife as much as the prostitute, the preacher as much as the pimp. A lot of open season on passage, but God loves that man, that woman. You hear what I'm saying? As much as anybody else. Stay with me. So he responds. And Simon says, uh, teacher, which is respectful. And this, this is a hint that, you know what, he's, he's open. He's trying to learn here. He says, teacher, say it. This Pharisee was conflicted. But under it all, he was still trying to, to understand. And we're complicated And sometimes we're not as it seems on the surface but i believe that jesus accepted this invitation not just to sit with people that opposed him it was to reach simon in particular and he read him obviously right though on the surface because of the disrespect you can see that he was conflicted and he didn't want anyone to think that he was showing this this young upstart rabbi preacher whatever you want to call uh, what they thought of Jesus at that time. He didn't want to make anyone think that you know he was on his side or he was you know supporting him in any way. So he was you know protecting himself, his reputation. So he didn't give him all the the honors. But there's something in his heart drawing him, saying, "Man, this guy is saying something. There's something more to this guy than than what folks are saying about him." And, and here's the deal: when you're, you're sincerely looking for answers, God will provide them. And deep down inside. This guy was looking for answers. And and some people we write off because of, you know, the way they carry themselves and and all the rest. And and you'd write him off. He's a Pharisee. You'd write him off. But Jesus saw deeper. And people, again, that you want to write off, be careful about that because you don't know what's going on in the heart. Begin to ask God, Lord, show me what's going on in this person, how to respond. And and, and some people you should leave alone because they, you know, they're not open. And you just, you know, give him a chance or two, and then, you know, okay, I hear you, maybe another time. But here, Jesus obviously called it right. Verse 41. So Jesus begins to answer the conundrum that this Pharisee is in. And he explains it this way. He said, there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. Jesus understood sin differently than we do today. And he used an illustration of lending and borrowing to illustrate the proper perspective of it. You see, each of us will one day return our rentals back to the lending company and give an account for every mile, every dent, and every ding we put into that vehicle, our instrument. And he goes on and he's talking. About these two debtors. And he says, one owed 500 denarii and the other 50. One owed 10 times more. And there may be people with sins 10 times worse than your own, but that doesn't mean you don't have your own. Pay attention. We may have different amounts of debt, but we still have one thing in common. We all owe a debt we cannot pay. So... Jesus driving this point home said, "Now, now, Simon, you may not be as bad as the prostitute, but there is some bad in there. You have fallen short. There are some very serious issues that need to be tended." To. But watch verse forty-two. And when they had nothing with which to repay, meaning both owed, the one with fifty and the one that owned five hundred, neither of them had the capacity to correct it and make the debt right. And here's the deal. When push comes to shove, we cannot repay God for one day of allowing us to think with our own minds. We could never repay God for one day of just existing, one day of just breathing. We will all stand defenseless in front of a holy God that lent us this thing called life. We keep talking about my life. No, baby, it's been loaned to you. And it can be taken back at any time. The only reason Jesus came to pay a debt he didn't owe, he didn't owe, he wasn't a sinner, was because we owe the debt we couldn't pay. He's like, you guys can't pay, so I'm going to go to the cross, I'm going to pay it for you. And when he went to the cross, it's like when we go and get that rental, it was our collision damage waiver. It was our personal accident insurance that he paid for. And he wants to totally cover you. But when you stand before the father, that you have nothing more to pay. The bumps, the bruises, everything on that road is totally covered by his blood. And because of his name. It says he freely... Again, both men owed him one more than the other, but he freely forgave them both. By the way, one just had a scratch on the door. The other, the whole front end was knocked out. How many of y'all have had the front end knocked out of your life? Few yeah. yeah, few of us, very few of us that scratch scratching that door. Okay. So he said the creditor freely forgave both individuals. Then he poses a question. And this is the best way to learn when someone asks questions. Jesus was a great teacher. He says, Simon, I'm not just going to give you a speech, I'm going to ask you a question. Tell me, Simon. Therefore, which one of these two, the one that owed 50 or the one that owed 500, which one of them will love the creditor more? This was Jesus' whole point. Simon answered and said, Well, I know what I'm stepping into, but I suppose the one whom he forgave more. You see, the more we realize our debt, the more we appreciate God's mercy. And it's not that we try to get forgiven of more so that we can love more. Just the reality is we all have different events and we've all done different things. And. Whether it is, you know, you screwed up for just five minutes or for five million years, the point is you have fallen short. I've used this illustration before, but if I had to jump a cliff or if I was one of those kids that jumped buildings in, in, in New York where, you know, I, I grew up and uh, I grew outside the city, but we'd go in and do stupid things. Here's the deal. If you miss the other building, by an inch, you were just as dead as if you missed it by 10 feet. So some of y'all are like, well, I'm better than you, but you're dead. <laughs> well, I got further than you, but you're dead. We were all dead in our trespasses and sins. We all missed the mark. You're not in competition with me. Just because you're better than me doesn't mean anything for you. You're dead. And then Jesus responded. And notice the kindness he showed to a man that didn't wash his feet. Didn't show him proper respect. I mean, all we got to do is someone not smile at us when we come into oh, all okay. <laughs> and Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman. So he turned back. He hadn't looked at the woman not one time. So this is not a, a weird. Jesus is looking at the guys and and it, it almost appeared that he was ignoring what she was doing with his feet finally he turns to the woman and he speaks to simon he said simon do you see this woman the problem was simon could not see the woman he can only see her sin he can only see her problem he can only see her issue and what happens with us we stop seeing the person we just see the issue we just see the problem and he was stuck He says, Simon, I need to teach you something. Do you see that woman? Do you see a person underneath the thing that she's famous for? Do you you see a human being there? He says, Simon, I entered your house, and you're all spirits. You're a great Pharisee. You're one of the moral leaders of the nation. I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she wouldn't allow that injustice to stay unaddressed, but she washed my feet with her tears. And as if that was not enough, she wiped them with the very hair of her head. Here's the deal. If you really love God, you'll find ways to show it. In fact, you'll look for ways to show it. He said, Simon, you think this woman's less than you. You call her a sinner. You think that you're in a a higher category. Here's the deal. Simon, when I walked in the door, you were so concerned about your reputation, you didn't even give me a kiss. Now, a kiss on the cheek, this was not a weird thing, by the way, was a customary greeting between friends in the Middle East. But he was, you know what, I, I, he didn't wash his feet. He didn't even greet him because he didn't want anyone to too closely associate himself. So I guess as far as his Pharisees' friends were concerned, he was telling, well, I want to trap this Jesus and I'm going to find out who he really is. So that was the motivation. At least he told people. But on the inside, there's obviously a hunger. And, you know, we 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 put on facades for others and, you know, we talk a good game. But on the inside, he he was hungry for God. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. And guess what? She didn't care what anybody said or if anybody was watching. You were protecting your reputation. But this woman, y'all y'all know how they, she was being glared at and how how the ladies were talking under their breath. And and, you know, looks can kill. And let me tell you something. In those cultures where they wear veils, they know how to speak with those eyes. Oh, they could speak. And I tell you, boy, those ladies were speaking to that woman when she was touching Jesus feet with their eyes. But she did not care. She was going to tend to the need of her master. She said, You did not anoint my head with oil, which would have been customary, particularly for someone that's traveled a, a long way. But this woman has anointed my feet. I mean, you wouldn't even honor my head. This woman anointed my feet with the most fragrant oil. She was willing to pour out her best. Because Jesus accepted her worst. Why am I always, why so many of us always trying to give him our best? Because he accepted our worst. And it's it's our way of saying thank you. That's why we get up when we don't feel like getting up. That's when we, why we smile and we don't feel like smiling. That's that's why we do the things we don't always feel like doing because, I mean, at our worst, he embraced us so the best I could do is give him my best. And, and even my best is not enough, but what's amazing is he gives me kudos and data boys when I do my best as if I really did something for him. It's amazing the grace and the mindset of God. Watch this, Jesus, because people now, they worship a different Jesus. I'm very particular about worshiping the Jesus of the Bible. So watch the Jesus of the Bible, how he handles this. He says, therefore, I say to you, her sins. Notice Jesus, full of mercy, still calls sin, sin. I don't know of a Jesus that doesn't call sin, sin. In fact, if there are no sins. There's no need for him to go to the cross. If, if there's no, no sins, redemption makes no sense. If there's no hell as a consequence of sin, why would Jesus suffer that way? It makes no sense. He said, "Therefore I say to you, her sins." Meaning, he didn't say that woman didn't sin. He called it that. She sinned. She's called by any other name still stinks. You can call it what you want. He said her sins are real but here's the deal they're forgiven so he doesn't say it's not a sin he just forgives you and releases you for the penalty of the sin her sins are forgiven for she loved much now she was not forgiven because of her great love her great love came as a result of her forgiveness but watch this. He, he's talking to the Pharisee, but whom little is forgiven. This is why some people don't understand. Paul called himself the worst of sinners. It was amazing uh, in that I believe it was the same epistle. He said as touching the law, he was blameless. No, that was second Corinthians, a different epistle. So in terms of his morality, he was exceptional compared to other people in his outward morality. He was incredible. But he said he was the worst of sinners, meaning you can outwardly do everything just right. But on the inside, be a complete mess. So he's speaking to this Pharisee who on the outside, man, his phylacteries were just right. And, and he prayed at the right times, and he got up at the right times. He didn't touch certain things, didn't eat certain things, didn't go certain places, wouldn't be around certain people. And and he, he memorized the Bible. He did all of these things. And what it did, though, was create a level of self-righteousness. And this is the caution. Now, when people go to these extremes, we talk about grace, so, so then there's, there's no duty anymore and there's no right living and all. that's, that's not the gospel message. And that's why we're reading through the Bible to help us with it. Some people, you know, what are these seven discipleship points? That means I gotta do something, you know? Yes! <laughs> yes! Right. We want, you see, faith without works is dead, but, but, but here's the deal. We're saved by faith, not works. But faith without works is not real faith. So when you really believe it will come. See, if I really love my wife, I'm really going to show it. No one has to tell me it's going to come out. And if you really love and believe in him, no one has to tell you it's going to come out. Are you getting it? So these guys think, well, you know, I'm better than this person. I'm better. Than, but you don't go to heaven by comparison. God does not grade on a curve. I mean, you know what? You're better than the rest of the class. You're going to make No, no, no. The Bible says, be thou perfect as your father in heaven is perfect. Perfection is the standard. We all fall short of perfection. And that's why we need mercy and grace in order to enter. And he said, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Because we think we're so much better than we are, we often have so little passion for the things of God. Because, you know, Lord, I almost made it. It was just a few things. Yeah, Jesus covered that, night, you know. But let me tell you something. There's not one of us that even missed it by an inch. It's more like there was a chasm a thousand miles long, and maybe the best of us made it 10 feet, and we all fall or fell to our death, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. The less God shows you your sins, the less grateful you are of his grace. The more God shows you his sins, the more grateful you can become of his mercy. I don't mean that to say that every day God's not reminding me of my sins. You know, I look at the cross and he's forgiven me. But if we forget the enormity of sin and how much an affront it is to a holy God, we will not be appreciative if we just say, well, it's really no big deal. Oh, God just kind of winked at it. No, no. You won't be grateful. But that's why the prostitutes go in first, the kingdom. That, that, that's why the tax collectors go in the kingdom first, because they realize the magnitude of their sin. But it's the pretty good person, better than the rest, that never really seems to come to the revelation of Father, you gave me this body and I was ungrateful. I was hateful. I blamed you. You you never had an uninnocent moment in all your history. You just loved me, gave me air to breathe. And I cursed you and I I, I talked about you. And I said you didn't love me, though you sent your son. and, And, you know, your sins may not be like the prostitute, but in some ways your sins might be just a little bit worse. What Jesus is teaching him is, hey man, the reason you're so cold, the reason you, you lack so much passion for the things of God is because your concept of sin, to him whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. How many of you have a more than one or two things to be forgiven for in your life? Yes. And how many of you are grateful today? Give God a hallelujah, and I'm done that quick.
2: Hallelujah. This has been a classic message from Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's Word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian, or you feel that you need to rededicate your life to Christ, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at Grace TV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember...